Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I am so extraordinarily grateful you're here with us, and I'm very thankful to be your host. And we're looking at the time of, you know, the 1500s B.C. It's right as Moses is being born, coming on the scene, and uh, some of the background, background Pharaoh, uh, history, and any archaeological discoveries that are there. So let's take a look. Again, thanks for being here with us. We're on the Bible.ca. It's called Bible.ca, all lowercase. That's where I'm getting this information from. I really like the website. Don't agree with everything on there, but outside the Bible, what do I agree with everything on, you know? But anyhow, let's get started. And again, thankful you're here. Very grateful you're here. Share with your friends, family, church family, if you don't mind. Uh, Moses I, 1557 to 1532 B.C., was only 10 years old when he ascended the throne after the death of his brother. Excavations at Tel el Daba of Varus by Beatak and the synchronisms with daybook entry in year 11 of Komudi, the last Hyksos king. That's very important because they were like foreigners who ruled over Egypt, and it, it caused a real anti-foreigner backlash, hence the slavery of the Israelites. Uh, so in the Rhine, the mathematical papyrus indicate the Hyksos were finally defeated at Avaris in the 15th year of Moses I in 1542 B.C. So he'd have been about 25, I think. Uh, this seems to be confirmed by records of Moses' first first military campaigns, which began after his tenth regnal, or when he became Pharaoh or king, regnal year in fifteen fifty seven B.C. at eight twenty, under three, excuse me, uh, at age twenty. Inscriptions on the wall of a cliff tomb at El Kab, located a hundred kilometers south of Luxor, Luxor and Thebes, really big valleys of the kings and that type of thing, of a naval officer named Amoses, who served under three pharaohs, Amoses I, Amenhotep, and Thutmose I, to see the most patronym again, like Moses, contains a biography of Amoses I. The El Kab inscription records a sequence of three successive sieges of Avaris that were interrupted by Nubian offenses, offensive, which was defeated. Averis finally fell after the fourth attack. Kamudi, the defeated Hyksos king, then fled from Averis to the biblical city of Shaharin, and that's Joshua 19.6, in the Simeon Negev, where the inscription records a six-year siege until Shaharin finally fell in the 31st regnal year, 1536 B.C., of Amosis I. This marks the end of the final expulsion the Hyksos by Moses I. The inscription then records the first foreign offensive campaign south into Nubia against the troglodytes, as is cave dwellers. If you ever call somebody a troglodyte or hear somebody called a troglodyte. Um, the two successive counterattacks that were defeated, another inscription found in the ancient Egyptian mining town of Tura, located 15 miles south of Cairo on the east bank of the Nile, indicate the latest possible date for the defeat of the Hyksos was in the 22nd regnal year of Amosis I, when he was about 32. Amosis must have conquered Averis by sometime before the 18th or 19th year of his reign. This is suggested by Agraphito in the quarry at Tura, whereby oxen 
from Canaan were used at the opening of the quarry in a Moses regnal year 22. Since the cattle would probably have been imported after Moses' siege of the town of Sharin, which followed the fall of Averis, this means that the reign of Kamudi must have terminated in the year 18 or 19 of Moses' 25-year reign at the very latest. And uh, that is from a book, uh, Donald Redford, Bronze Age Collapse, Chapter 8, 1992. Now we come to a Sinai inscription, 349. The Egyptians are in great fear of the huge Hebrew population. That's very consistent with the Bible, Exodus 1.10. The Egyptians didn't fear Hebrew coup. Instead, they feared all the Hebrews would leave Egypt and their life of luxury would be over. See, Sinai 3.49 is direct confirmation of the Bible narrative about the Egyptians fearing the huge Hebrew population. So let's look at that. So who was the Pharaoh who killed Hebrew children? Moses was born in 1526 B.C., approximately. Amun, not Amen, but Amun with a U, Hotep I, 1532 to 1511 B.C. Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted Moses, was the very famous Hatshepsut, according to this chronology, 1526 B.C. Of course, much discussion about that and dispute and disagreement. Pharaoh of Moses' flight to Midian in 1486 B.C. was Thutmosis II and his wife Hatshepsut, which was Moses' mother. And so that would be incredible that the Moses would be in line for the throne, even though I know they made a cartoon about that many years ago, very famous one, 1498 to 1485 B.C. So uh, we're seeing some uh, pretty amazing uh, uh, things about the history of... Uh, of, uh, sorry about that, I lost it on my page, of the uh, Exodus and some background of the Exodus. But let's keep going just a little bit more on this as well. Um, because this Sinai 349 is very uh, amazing to me. So Pharaoh of the Exodus would have probably been Thutmose the third, that Moses III, 1485, 1464, 1431 B.C., and they would make the argument that he'd lived somehow through the Red Sea. I don't agree with that. I think that's the argument they're making. I just read that argument on another website that seemed to follow this. So the Sinai inscriptions of Hebrew oppression in Egypt, and this is what Doug Petrovich has done such an amazing job translating this over 100-year-old find from the Petries. And so... Uh, Let's look at this Sinai 349, and this is what it translates as. And this is from that wonderful book I've done a review on it, The World's Oldest Alphabet, that came from Joseph and Manasseh. He sought occasion to cut away to barrenness our great number, our swelling without measure. They yearned for Hathor, but the quiver of our brothers was thoroughly despised. So he performed terror against their quiver and brought about a cry of wailing. So this inscription is part of a collection of pessimistic and negative text. See also Sinai 357, 353, and 360. Given the dating of 1480 BC, it's a perfect match 
for the oppression of the Hebrews by the Egyptians who feared the large population. It's got a very detailed look at the hieroglyphics here. I'm going to make myself a couple of screenshots of a couple things. That and the statue of Joseph. I may have made the statue of Joseph screenshot yesterday, but it never hurts to have a second one unless you run out of room on your iPad. But, uh, so, the explanation of Sinai 349, which I've already kind of gone over, this amazing inscription also confirms the Bible directly. The Egyptians feared the rising population of the Hebrews while in Egypt. This inscription is part of a collection of pessimistic and negative texts. It's a perfect match for the oppression of the Hebrews by the Egyptians who feared their large population. They called upon Hathar, the cow goddess, but she failed to protect them from the king of Egypt. He performed terror against their quiver and brought about a cry of wailing. Hathar the cow goddess. And uh, then we come to Sinai inscription 357. The king of Egypt is here cursed and surrounded and depleted the Hebrews. But I tell you what, let's start on that one tomorrow because uh, 360 and 353 kind of go along with it. Maybe even 361. Um, so... Let's just start with 357, God willing, tomorrow. So, unless I find something else interesting or a few something else interesting to do for tomorrow. So, God bless. And do check out our night podcast as well. We don't do one every night like we do the other podcast, but we do it a lot of nights. So, God bless. We'll talk with you later. Please subscribe. Leave a five-star review. Helps people find us. Bye-bye.